No, I have club soda. Do you? That yeah. sounds refreshing. But you know what's really interesting? This is a fun game I played with myself. I had two black cherry ones on this mat. Yeah. One was from last night that was so flat Ew. and warm, and then one was cold, so I mixed them together for a drink that's barely drinkable. You mixed it? Why would you mix it together? You know, I just need a little thing to wet my whistle. But why not just get a brand new one and have a delicious, awesome, crisp club soda? I don't like to let things go to waste. <laughs> well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Well, let's hop into the episode today because we've gotten many questions about the Chandler Massey returning to the show. Yeah. We have many topics we're going to cover today. We actually have a big list uh, for our mega podcast. We, we get organized because we want to know where we're going with it. Sometimes we'll go off on a tangent, but I definitely want to have our very first topic about days of our lives because... Um, Anytime there's Wilson news or anything big that happens on days, you know, we like to cover it here because we know we have a lot of fans who have followed um, my journey since 2011 of playing yep. Sonny Kiriakis. And uh, with Chandler Massey being in the promo, the big question is, is Sonny going to be there for Christmas? So we're only going to make you wait like two minutes here, but let's hop into it. Let's everything. wait till the end. Let's wait till the very <laughs> No, we're just kidding. Um, welcome everyone to the Freddie and Alyssa show. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. We've got some amazing videos coming your way. I promise you it's going to be the best subscription you make. <laughs> just click that subscribe button, notification bell this you'll be notified when we put out new videos the holidays are coming and we've got some big surprises for I've you i've heard that everyone is asking santa to subscribe to our channel so it's yeah. a beautiful thing Isn't around it? the holidays i love it yes and everyone was going to be on the nice list <laughs> that's actually even better what? if you don't subscribe you're going to be on santa's naughty list <laughs> so you have to subscribe to be on the nice list um, but yeah, leave a, leave a like, a comment, uh, all that fun YouTube stuff. If you're watching on Facebook, like and uh, follow the page. And if you're listening somewhere like iTunes or an audio platform, we appreciate you so much. If you want to leave us a review, a five-star review, if you think we deserve it, it'd be great. Mm -hmm. We've been putting out content now for three years, over three years. We're having an absolute blast with it. And uh, we just want to thank you all for your uh, your support along the way. It's been absolutely incredible. Yep. Um, let's kick it off real quick with our uh, sponsor of the podcast. And then we got a couple yes. quick announcements as well. All right, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Personally Yours. Who loves a good sale? Do you love a good sale, baby? I really do. There's something internally when you see a sale, you got to go for it. It makes you it. feel good inside. Yes. Especially when those sales are designers at a discount. So last month I saw a girlfriend of mine um, chatting about this company called Personally Yours and basically every single Friday the account does flash sales. So it's 12 p.m. Eastern. You go to the account Personally Yours at Personally Yours, which is P-U-R-S-E-O-N-A-L-L-Y-O-U-R-S. And she shares her favorite sales of the week. So this holiday season, whether you're window shopping, spoiling yourself, maybe uh, giving your significant other a little hint, wink, wink, Freddie Smith. <clears throat> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you could get designers at a discount. Check out her Instagram again at personally yours. She's my go-to gal. She can be yours too. And uh, who doesn't love a good sale? We all love good sales. <laughs> the segues that we have already in this episode are incredible. Oh, tell me. But you know what? It's just there, there's sales in the in the air because Black Friday, Cyber Monday, yes. it's just as big sales. I've seen some of my favorite companies already email me with discounts. I'm uh -huh. ready to shop. I'm ready to buy some <laughs> stuff. 
Um, but for all of you, th this is the, one, of the, one of the reasons we love when you leave comments on our videos because it helps A, why we're gonna talk about days today because I had so many questions. We read your comments. And the other thing that we got so many comments about is when are you gonna have a Freddie and Alyssa show mug? <gasps> and we have officially launched the, uh, the Freddie and Alyssa show mug with our logo on it. And now it's gonna officially be part of our show. Well, it'll be filled with any kind of liquid. Today, <laughs> we've already gone over what's in ours. <laughs> But because it's Black Friday and Cyber Monday, we're not gonna do a, a crazy two different sales. It's just starting now through December 1st, our entire merch line is 15% off. So if you want t-shirts, cloth masks, we've got the hourglass mat, the pride mask, sunflower mask, we've got t-shirts, and now our new mug. So when you go to checkout, it says, I have a promo code, click it, type in the word Friday, and you'll receive 15% off your entire order. So you can get it for gifts or for yourself. So we have the link in the description of, uh, of teespring.com and our personal links. So you can go shop our merch store, which is gonna be awesome. Um, but it's, it's just, the, yeah, it's the time. We've been buying um, gifts even with, with, our, with our friend we exchange gifts and it's, it's just that time of year to get it done because as much as it is sentimental and you want to give someone a gift and enjoy it there is kind of something great about getting it out of the way as well so if you want to get your shopping done so you can relax this christmas just get all the stuff you need now whether it's our stuff or other things on amazon um, go crazy get it done early is my opinion that's what i like brought to, do. to you by your favorite wet blanket oh <laughs> You know, you're always going to get the easiest, most convenient, most efficient way with Freddie Smith. That's right. People call it a wet blanket. I call it efficiency. Oh, Lord. Um, but yeah, let's hop into the um, the days of our lives news. So I want to start it off with the day of days. So every year, most of the time it's at Universal City in um, Hollywood. Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say City. right here, even though we're in Florida, Aww. I forget sometimes. Um, where it's a, it's a free event and everyone comes to meet your favorite days of our live stars. And usually there's about 30 of us that go, we sit at a table, we get to shake your hand, we get to take selfies, autographs. Some people come through the line and they've got like 70 different autographs on an hourglass oh. or a shirt. And it's the most amazing thing. But this year they did a virtual day of days, which was kind of neat. So people didn't have to spend money to fly out. Now you don't get to hug and touch your favorite star, mm. but you get to see them. And they did a Day of Days um, virtual event, which I thought was super cool. And in the virtual event, they did a teaser, which is always my favorite part when they show it on the big screen. Oh, yes. Where you're like, oh my gosh, what's coming? Because, um, you know, we, we usually shot seven months ahead. So I was always excited to see what's coming because we've been so far ahead. But this year, they actually showed um, Will in the preview that he's going to be there for christmas along with a couple other people that are coming back and so the biggest question we were getting is where sunny is sunny coming and i wanted to share with you kind of what happened so it's definitely not the show's fault i saw a few people were upset that they're like where's sunny like what's going on um, the show did call me to appear in the christmas episode the phone call came in two weeks after we got to florida and for those of you who don't know the whole entire backstory Alyssa and I decided that we were going to move from California to Florida. We drove 40 hours over a week span from LA to Florida. We packed up our car. We brought our dog, Benjamin, and we didn't want to fly um, just based on everything that was going on in the world. And then also you wanted to pack our car, bring the dog. It was much easier. And you go on an adventure and we needed our car and we're like, let's do it. Well, after we got to Florida, uh, days called two weeks after. And that's just the acting industry. That's what happens all the time. 
And they wanted me to come back for one episode, which I was flattered. I was excited. I really wanted to. And if I lived five minutes down the road, I would have gone in person. But to fly in just for one episode and fly back when we had just gotten here and we had a lot of things going on that we were doing, and also just the current state of the world, I didn't really want to hop on an airplane at the time and go into work. I know that they're taking tests outside and wearing masks and it's this, you know, they're, they're making it work, but it was just an interesting time. So I said, you know what, I'm going to pass on the Christmas episode, but I appreciate it. And there was a lot of love. It was all good. But they did ask. And the craziest thing about it, the week I was supposed to be there was the week that days shut down because one of the crew members got you know what, and they shut down for the week. And um, so that was just kind of all going through my head in general. I, I just felt like there was a lot of stuff for the one episode. But I really do enjoy that that they did call and that that it, it is now very clear for all the Wilson fans um, that Will and Sonny are part of the family. But yeah, so I just wanted to answer it. So thank you for all the comments. And I just wanted to clear that up because I, I also didn't want people to be mad at the show because they did call. Sure. Um, but it was just the whole timing of it. So unfortunately, there will not be a sunny Salem on Christmas, no. but there will be a will. There, there will, will be a will. will. Don't they do a traditional um, putting the ornaments on a tree? Like, isn't that the Horton tradition? Yeah, they'll do the whole ornament thing. And yeah, it's always really great around the holidays. People are feeling good. And I so love that. Yeah, it's really, really great. But I, I love, though, that, that it, it looks like, like they're open for us to fly in. Um, I love that everything's just moving to where you can kind of work now across the nation you don't have to be in los angeles people can fly in for work and i think that was one of the biggest reasons that you and i did feel comfortable uh leaving california in the first place well because we had a lot of different projects that we are still working on and we even pitched one you know on sunday and we were able to do it through video chat yes back in the day that could have never ever 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 been an option if you're trying to sell a script with a production company, you would have to go in person. You'd have to fly out to LA, save up your money to do that. You could have the best script in the world, but you're like, I got to get out there. And now not only with, you know, everything going on in the world, but I think just technology on its own, we're able to do that. Yeah. And that's the great, like, even for us, it's even more reassuring because we're like, well, we can create our content, do our show, sell whatever it is we're trying to sell or work on selling it. And it can be from anywhere in the world. Yeah, it makes it really nice because back in the day, you would still have to go to a production office and you'd have to pitch. Same thing with auditions. And it just seemed really arbitrary to me. And you're even hearing some celebrities now when they're doing their um, their tours. You know, that was one of the things that people would say are very exhausting. Mm -hmm. If an A-list star, like if a Matthew McConaughey is promoting a new film, he'd have to hop on a plane, get up at 4.30 in the morning, go on all these morning shows and do all this stuff. It's like now he just released a book. And he has done 15 interviews that I have seen come up on the internet yeah. where he's sitting at his house and it's the same exact thing. Yeah, you're not connecting in person, but the people watching are watching Matthew either on set on camera or in his house on camera. It's no different for the audience. Yeah. And I love that you and I were able to sit down and you're more comfortable. Yes, when, you're in your own environment. Yeah. You know? Like when you walk in to somebody else's place. Their territory. It's almost like you're a little off-putting. You almost, you're almost a little off-put, a little out of, out of your own comfort zone. So mm -hmm. you have to, in your mind, really be focused and strong to go, okay, I, the smell of this place is different. The, the people, the energy, 
do you want water? I'm like, I don't really know if I want water or coffee. I don't know. Like, you <laughs> know, is, <laughs> it, why are you handing me a mug? Is the mug clean? Like, where'd you get oh, the mug? Gosh. Can't you just give me a bottle of water? What, why are you giving me a mug? <laughs> you're out of control. So, and then you wait there and you're sitting there for 20 minutes and then they're late and then they're like, I'm so sorry. And then you walk in and then that there's like a couch. Do you sit? There's cameras. There's someone in the back on their phone texting while you're auditioning or while you're pitching something. Yeah. Why? <laughs> we sat here we have this little can you hand me that this is really great we bought this uh laptop stand so when we do lives or even when we did this pitch it was really great we just put up the computer we had a slideshow our pitch deck all ready to go we were sitting at the corner of our table we were well lit with a great background yeah. we had the dog sitting next to us i had on basketball shorts and a nice shirt <laughs> and we were comfortable yeah and you just went through the slides and we connected with her just yeah. like we would have in the room. And people can argue that. But for the, for that type of um, interaction, that's all you need. Of course. And I think people are getting more used to the fact that you can Zoom in, you can FaceTime, and it's the exact same thing. Because yes, you can't touch them, but the amount of time you save, it's mm -hmm. worth not touching. Well, because also too, imagine if we were in person first, you have to go, you have the small talk with the receptionist, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Then you go into your meeting, then there's small talk there and everyone's getting comfortable and situated and sitting down and then you actually do the pitch and then you can sit and chat after, but there's just so much that goes into the timing of that. And then to us walking back to our car, that's so far away because there is no parking, you know, you're really saving time, which we are so big on. Yeah. Everyone involved and energy, to be honest. It's the energy. And also, too, it's the one industry that what you're auditioning for is not what you're going to do. When we go in, there's times you're reading lines that aren't in the movie. Yeah. There's times that, and when you go to set, you're not in an awkward room. You have this set. You're at the beach with the girl having the conversation with the wind blowing and the smell of the beach. And you're in it. And you get 50 takes, not in a room with Kathy, who's sitting across there, who's very sweet, but who's reading the lines monotone. And she's supposed to be the girlfriend that you're with. There's yeah. no beach. There's the guy texting in the back. What is all that? It's a waste of time. Put me on tape. Three minutes. Do you like what I'm doing? Give me takes. Yeah. You're going to give me 50 takes on set, but give me one take in the audition room? Because you can't give 50 takes. But you know what you can do? I can do 50 takes if I need it at home at and home. send in my best take. Because guess what? My best take is the same thing you're going to do on the film. Yeah. You're going to take my best take and probably cut together a bunch of different takes and string together your own best take. Yeah. So the same thing with the pitch meeting. I'm so happy that I didn't have to go through the energy. We were able to be us, and I just think it's a better way to interview. I bet you job interviews are way more interesting. I will say I'm sure school is much more difficult for youngsters. Of course. But as adults, yes, you want to see your parents, grandparents, your kids. Like You want to be able to touch them. But in business, let's do away with the in-person unless the business is happening and you need to be together. Yeah. Let's do away with it. It already <laughs> is being done away with. Well, it's kind of crazy too, because I feel like if you would have had this conversation a year ago before this was a must, you know, yes, um, people would argue, well, in person's way better, which I get. Yes, there is a connect connection in person. Um, and at that time, even a year ago, we were toying with the idea of if we were to move, because we've always wanted to move, but we were toying with the idea, 
would it be good if we had guests on video chat? We were trying to figure it out. It was something we were already thinking of. And then of course, when everything happened, we go, okay, well, we're going to have to do this. And it forced us to get even better at connecting through video chat. And now when we do it, it's my favorite thing in the world. I yes. feel like I can talk to anyone. I feel like I can connect with anyone because it's just almost the way of the future. And we were forced to condition ourselves to get used to it because that's just what we have. Yeah. So it's almost like we're evolving and we're like, okay, well, this is the new normal. Like, this is more comfortable to do and this. It's efficient. Here. Yeah. It's the time. Yes. Why don't we like going to the mall to get a t shirt when you could just order it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, we, that's the, and, and yet again, it's like, you're always going to have people to argue, well, I like going to the mall. Great. Go do it. <laughs> but there's only a small percentage who wants to leisurely go to the mall. If you are living a busy life with kids, if you're living a busy life with a career, um, having things sent to you is more convenient. That's why Postmates is so big. Sure. Uber was convenient. If taxi cabs would have just said, instead of poo-pooing Uber, just said, oh, we should get an app right away too so we don't have to call dispatch. Mm -hmm. That You were buying convenience with Uber. So everything being quick, 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 quick. And I actually like it. I don't see a difference. When I watch Matthew McConaughey on Zoom, I actually think it's more personal. You know mm -hmm. why? Because it's he didn't just go to the set where he's just like every other actor and the only difference he has is his uniqueness. Mm -hmm. I love seeing Matthew McConaughey's hair, no makeup. I like seeing his different backgrounds in his house. I, I like that. seeing where he's, you know, it's it's a little awkward at times for people. There's hesitation. It makes people human. If you go on Jimmy Fallon and you get your hair and makeup done, even when I did Steve Harvey, when I was on that show, yeah. it was so contrived. Yeah. Love Steve Harvey. But the show, like the corporate side of it was so contrived. Like when I first got a call to be on, they did an interview with me on the phone where they asked me all the questions that Steve was going to ask mm -hmm. to hear my answers, to coach me if they like those answers. Right. Then once I flew out, you go into a green room, the producer comes in again, and they coach you again in person mm -hmm. on the answers. And then you get your hair done, your makeup done. They have everything perfect. Then you go out there, and then you sit there, and in between the commercial breaks, they're coaching you more. But you got to realize it's this big budget show. They cannot afford to have one mishap or not know what's going to happen or, oh, oh, this person's improv because then they're going to have to cut. That's more money, more time. Like even with me on that show, they did my hair and makeup because they knew they were going to cut to you in the yeah. audience. Like they just, it's a well-oiled machine, I guess. I think they have a little more um, leeway because it's like a daytime or it was a daytime show and you have to fill that slot every single day. Like how many times can you fill that slot? Yeah. And if you don't make it like, hey, this is what we need, they're going to be like, what a waste of time. So I understand that. But I think if you're interviewing an actor about their movie or someone about their book or you're just getting to know them, yeah. that's what people want to see. And that's what we've done with our guests. Mm -hmm. We never have them on to just tell some contrived story that's been rehearsed and then pitch their movie. We talked to them for an hour just about life. Yeah. Like we talked about when we had Deidre Hall on, we talked to her about just things about Deidre Hall, just chatting. When we had Zach Westerbeck, we just chat. But that's what I'd love to watch when I'm watching, you know, someone or a show that I'm in, into. You just want to see conversations. You want to see the real person. Like you even mentioned with Matthew McConaughey, I want to see who he is, where he's at. I don't want to see the avatar on stage at a late night show. 
I'm, I want to see him. I want to see what he looks like. How's in his, his hair? House. Yeah. I want his little dog in the background. Yeah. He's, you know, you get to, to feel a little more, um, you know, present with him. Yes. And so I, I think, and then the other cool thing that they're going to start doing, which you saw Oprah and Obama did. Yes. If you haven't, if anyone hasn't seen this after the podcast, go just type in Oprah Obama green screen. Uh-huh. I'm sure that'll bring it up where they were in different locations, but they put a green screen up and it looks like the final product looks like they're together in the room in the same background in the same chairs, but the technology makes it look like that. It's unreal. That's cool. I want to watch that interview actually. I think it's out now. Yeah. But when you just see this even little clip, I think Oprah posted it on her Instagram, which is how I saw it. They look like they're right there and they were even joking. They're like, Obama's like, look, Oprah, we're playing footsies. But they, oh, they yeah. weren't even there. And it's just, it's unreal. And that's what's going to keep happening and happening. And that's going to be the new normal. So well, see and what happens. And now that we figured out too, there was something about the pitch that I really enjoyed. And I mentioned this on the Members Only podcast on Sunday. When we pitched. When we pitched, it was, um, I love getting a green light to sell. Mm-hmm. Because there's very rare that you can sell somebody if, if it doesn't come off salesy and weird. Right. You usually have to market and brand. But in a pitch deck, a sales pitch, I love that she came on. This is a producer. I don't know if we can say who, what production company. I'd rather just not. But it's a big, big, big production one. company. And um, she was just like, hi, okay, I can hear you. I can see you. She was very kind. She goes, go ahead. The floor is yours. And we're like, <laughs> Boom. And then just hard pitched it for seven minutes. So can you explain minutes. to everyone listening what a pitch deck is? Yeah, it's it's a it's a slideshow. It's a slideshow that that you would do if you're doing a um, if you're in advertising or anything. You're like, we're creating this new green leaf tea. Here's the packaging. Next slide. So the antioxidants. Next slide. You're pitching, or like how they do on Shark Tank. Yep. Hey, everyone, do you want a Freddie and Alyssa show mug? How many of you would like your coffee hot? I know I'd like it hot. Ooh. And then Mark Cuban laughs and they're like, blah, blah, pitch. So we were doing the pitch deck where we have to sell in seven minutes Mm -hmm. a two hour film. And we had to figure out how do we in seven minutes with visuals show people our idea. Because our idea, for those of you who've been following around, it's called Unplugged. It's an ensemble comedy about a 10-year high school reunion with a twist. No cell phones, no internet for 48 hours. So we had to go through all the characters. We took actors that we knew and we put in. So we had to show each character and really tell the heart of the story. And and we had her laughing. Mm -hmm. It couldn't have gone better. It was great. So I'm really hoping something great comes from it. And, and we'll know. It's just one of those things that when you're trying to sell a script, our job is to let the person on the other end really see what it is that we've created up here. Yes. So everything from the mood and the vibe and the vision of the entire project to, like you said, the famous people that we put on on different um, slides. slides so that they could go, oh, I can see that person. Especially when it's an ensemble, you have a lot of characters and you have seven minutes to articulate what it is, what your idea is. So we had a lot of fun on that and it did go really well. So we'll see what happens. 
today's episode is brought to you by Faraday. And Faraday is a family-run brand fueled by purpose and optimism. They make high-quality, sustainably-minded, feel-good favorites that you will be so proud to wear. And this is clothing that's made not just to last the season, but a lifetime to wear. And I personally just love a company with a really deeper message. And I can totally feel the synergy of this company because the it's a pair of brothers and sisters and they just came together. Love them so much. If you guys can see here, I'm wearing the gold cuff and they have everything. They have women's wear, men's wear, jewelry, even blankets and masks. And you can just really feel that laid back, happy, awesome vibe when you visit their website. And they have been so kind to give our listeners of the Freddie and Alyssa show 25% off. So if you guys are looking to do a little holiday shopping early, check them out at Faraday Brand. That's F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com forward slash Freddie Alyssa and use Freddie Alyssa at checkout for 25% off. I love me a deal. So check them out. They're wonderful. Thank you so much, Faraday, for being a part of the family. We're so grateful to have you here with us. Faraday, won't you come on over, Faraday? I like that. I like that. It's, Faraday. Maybe that was the original, not Valerie. <laughs> Faraday, this whole time. Oh, my. Well, and, and, that's, and that's the biggest reason. Honestly, I'm glad we waited till 2020 to make our, our exit from California. Mm -hmm. We've always wanted to be in Florida. I think 2015, 16, even 17 would have been too premature. Mm -hmm. Now that the world has given opportunity, because that was the biggest thing, the opportunity cost um, is was what was important. The yeah. opportunity of being in Los Angeles, California in 2008, 2010, 2012, 2015, you had to be there. It was weird if you're like, oh, are you not taking this serious that you live in Missouri? Like, how are we going to cast this person? Unless it's like Spielberg, who's searching the country for yeah. the new lead star. Most likely you'd be looked at as like, oh, they're putting a tape from Ohio. Are they shooting a film? No. <laughs> are they shooting a television show? Why, why aren't they in LA? Yeah. It seemed like you weren't serious. Yeah. Now that's gone. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we can have opportunity anywhere in America for the entertainment business is the biggest reason that we left. This, and that's on the business level. On a personal level, we've said this before, we want to be close to family because mm -hmm. we were apart for them for 15 years. We want to be close to family. But if there was no opportunity to do this for a living, I would not do something else for a living that wasn't in entertainment, content creation, acting, directing, writing, something like that. I would not go do something else just to leave California. Right. But because we can do it both now, that's the biggest reason. And then it just so happens underneath that that California is going through some growing pains. Yeah. And um, the poor state, I think, is going to go through some really, really bad um, growing pains over the next two to five to ten years. Um, so hopefully everybody stays safe and everything's good there. But for us, it was just how do we, um, you know, how do we have that opportunity? And we've been able to create that. I love that Days is open to flying, flying us in if we ever go back to that. Yeah, if that's uh, cool. you or I book something and we fly to... Canada, California, Atlanta, you can go anywhere. And now that we can pitch people, pitch different companies on Skype or Zoom, I'm all oh, in. Oh, it's amazing. I'm just going to chill here in Florida um, and and be able to build our life all virtually. Uh, and I'm just, I'm so ready for it. So I'm, I'm so, so I pumped. Know. 
And we just got to continue, you know, our, our journey here and, and, and growing our, our podcast and growing all of our content. And it's been amazing. And I want to thank you all too. I know we, we thank you all the time, but we're consistently grateful mm-hmm. and consistently appreciative of all of your wonderful comments and tuning into the show and being a part of this journey. It's been amazing. I would say we have what? 99.7 positive yeah. comments of our show which if you look around at any other show maybe it's because we're in that like we're still in the like the the minor leagues of content maybe once we like double triple quadruple 10x our business just the numbers game right but i think it's also the topics we choose but we're just so grateful we look around and we're like we just have so much positivity I know. so it's Everyone's wonderful so kind and i think Lately, the few, if you want to call it like negative um, types of comments, it's really interesting because it's about us being positive. <laughs> what is that? Oh, about the, oh yeah. Yeah, any negative comments we get is is like, you know, and, and we're very grateful because we have a lot of friends that are in entertainment and have followings and stuff. And some of the, some of the hate and the trolls, I, I, I don't mean to smile, but you just kind of have to brush it off because it's so mean. It's horrible. And the, pro- horrible. the problem with bullies online and trolls online is for the people who aren't self-developed enough to understand that the person who's bullying, being mean and trolling, they have issues, they have pain, they have challenges that they need to work through, that they're being emotional, that has nothing to do with us. Yeah. When we've worked at that, that's why we're unfazed by negative comments. And some of our friends are unfazed by it. Some like fight back and it's this whole thing. (laughs) But my concern with the bullies and trolls online are for people who are young and who are developing and who might not have uh, the tools or the skill set yet to combat those negative comments. Yeah. But that's just kind of the world we live in. So instead of trying to, you know, delete and block all the trolls, Um, It's like, how do you as an individual rise up, build your self-confidence and really flip it, understanding that the person writing something negative is basically just throwing out what they really feel. And my my best example of this is kind of like, um, if someone were to say all actors are stupid, um, if someone were to say that and I'm an actor, if I really thought deep down that I was stupid, it would trigger me. Because they're speaking kind of the truth. I'd be like, yeah, you think they're wrong? And then I would go at them because it's touching an insecurity. Right. The fact that I don't believe that about myself, I could care less what people say. If someone says something about soap operas or something, I have my own confidence and my own self-worth and I understand for other people. So if you bring up something and someone attacks, it's usually, if they attack in an emotional way. There's a difference between an attack in an emotional way than there is constructive criticism, which we've talked about on the show. Yes. One of the prime examples, why do you guys have to say the F word on the show? And I remember reading that comment and I'm like, well, why do we? Mm-hmm. And we took it out. Now yeah. we beep it, or you and I don't say it, but we beep it with our guests. Also more advertiser friendly. <laughs> it is advertiser friendly as well. So it's selfless and self- selfish. But No, but it is true. We took it out because of the comment. We're like, why would we do that? So the constructive criticism helps, but when somebody dumps an emotional rant of someone who's in pain or confused or just going through stuff, um, it's really interesting. And and I and like you said, I think I've I've read it. It's 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 interesting how people are um, a little impacted by how positive we choose to relay information. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. It's it's just the way we see the world, and it's the work that we've done on ourselves. So I, I think certain people might have never had 
positivity consistently in their lives. Maybe their friends and family or job, there's negativity all the time, so it just doesn't seem realistic. Um, but our positivity comes from the work we do on ourselves. Like once you start working and it's very hard, yeah. it is hard to take the high road. But there are many things. An example, since we're talking about days in this episode, a lot of people told me, wow, that was super professional of you for um, being so polite, even though they never told you about writing you off the show that we found out through the scripts. Yes, I was disappointed in that. I wish I would have gotten a call. And, but I looked at the future. If I would have been immature and emotional, I wouldn't have had an opportunity. And they've already called for Christmas. I'm assuming they're going to call again later. Why would I burn that bridge? Because I'm emotional. I was thinking about my future. Yeah. There, there, there's no need to be emotional. I try to understand from their point of view. I don't, I let my ego go. Same thing with road rage. I go, Freddie, they're driving like an idiot. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they're in a bad mood. Maybe they just broke up with their wife. Who knows? Yep. Think about the other person. Get rid of your ego. Get rid of your pride. And focus. So we work on it. That's why we talk about personal development. How to win friends and influence people. Pick up that book. Think and grow rich. Pick up that book. Obstacles the way. Pick up that book. Yep. The slight edge. Pick up that book. There are people in this world, sadly, not as many as you'd love, you like, of people who focus on becoming better mm -hmm. and who focus on positivity. So we have days where we vent, that we have days that we're pissed, but we have chosen to use this platform to shed pos spread positivity because there's a lot of platforms who, sp who spread hate and negativity. Mm -hmm. And negativity, people look at. It's like when there's a car crash. We yeah. all look. Yeah. We're not going to click on New England puppy saved by a gorilla. We're like, ah, but you want to hear destruction. Like for some reason, as humans, we, we, we gravitate towards negativity and you have to work Mm -hmm. on not we gravitate towards mcdonald's you have to work on not grilled chicken you <laughs> always want to go for some reason so being positive is we want to 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 share our journey of positivity with people because that is where i became self-developed is from listening and watching and reading people who are choosing to be positive yeah, and like attracts like. Energy is so real. If you continuously choose this negativity, this bad stuff, you're going to see that come back tenfold in your life. And so even the other day, I remember seeing a comment and it was just like, you know, you guys try and make everything so positive and oh, it's so magical and X, Y, and Z, and that's not realistic. And the whole thing is that, and many people who are listeners have heard our conversations in the past, We've gone through our fair share of stuff. We vent to you guys. We tell you when we don't have good days, we don't have good days. But the main thing I've always said is when you're going through something, you cannot avoid those feelings. You can't suppress them. If you're upset and you want to cry, you got to cry. You got to get it out so that you can continue to move on and pick a happier mindset to, you know, pick your pant, your big girl pants up. Is that what they say? <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> and you got to go on with your life. But if there's something bothering you, if there's an issue in your life, if there is an argument with a family member or a friend, you have to deal with that first. We're not saying yeah. that every second of every day is perfect. When you have to deal with stuff, you got to deal with it. But you have a choice every single day how you want that day to go. 
Every second that I wake up every day of my life, I am grateful. I have an attitude of gratitude. That's just how I am. My mom, my whole life, she used to always call me Pollyanna. I've just, it's, it's bred deep within me to choose that positivity. However, when you grow older and things start happening and trials and tribulations happen in your life, sure, it's a little bit harder. And that's why it's a practice. Every single day you have to continuously do. I even have my gratitude journal, which is so weird that I write in it every day. And today I open it up and of all the pages to open it up onto, I had written a doodle like months ago and it was something about what do I have to manifest in order to sell unplugged? It was something along the lines of I was asking myself a question and it just goes to show just energy is interesting. We just had that great pitch meeting. We're directing our energies to that. And of course I open up on that page. Stuff is it like attracts life. Thoughts yep. are things. So I guess to wrap this all up in a bow, you have to live your life. Your mindset is the most important thing. You can choose negativity. You can choose positivity. I choose positivity and I'm not going to let anyone make me feel bad for trying to sprinkle happiness wherever I go. That's just how we are because that's the type of life that I want to live. I want to live a happy life. Well, our, our mindset is our life. Yes. Our, our reality is made up. What is going on internally is the real life. Yep. yep. So how you react to situations mm -hmm. is what's important. Yep. You can only focus on things you can control. And when something bad happens to you, you have to look at the mirror and go, is there a way that I can make this bad thing not happen again in the future? Mm -hmm. Or this is a tragedy, like you lost a family member, this just happened to me. Now how I deal with it is what's important. Yes. Because you can always dwell on the negative. Always. But it's your easy. mindset, yeah, you have to continue to focus on how do I how do I move forward? How do I grow? And that's that's what we focus on. So yeah. it's it's more of of how you react. Yeah. How you react to a situation. And choosing positivity and gratitude is what's going to determine how you live the rest of your life. Yes. So, you know, that's why we choose that way. Yeah, it's it you just got to look at uh, first put your big girl pants on and uh <laughs> and and you have to have the mindset I think this is really what's helped me more than anything is that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Mm. Say that one more time, baby. Things don't happen to you. Things happen for you. And you have to have faith in the process. Mm -hmm. um, when, when we go through anything, when you lose a friend, you go, this mm -hmm. happened to me. And then later you realize you're much happier without that friend. You go, that happened for me. Yeah. So as soon as something comes and hits you, internalize it, work on it, and then you have to react in a positive way. And that's just been our biggest secret. Yep. Is that, and, and I flip out. You don't. <laughs> I flip out. There's times I lose my sh It's quite entertaining. <laughs> because it's just a pattern and I keep on, and, I, and there's times that I'll just be like, I was like, why does this keep happening? Like, why can't people just be accountable? Why can't people, when they say something, do something? Like, what is this? Especially in business or whatever it is. But I just, I just, yet again, I think of that person and I was like, how am I getting mad for the lack of skill or accountability this person has. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy it happened now, so I'm done, and I never have to deal with that person again. Mm -hmm. It pains me to think when I was 21 and had crappy friends, like there was like two or three, 
that would just use me, use me, use me, and would treat me like crap, and I kept forgiving, 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 thinking it was going to change. No, 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 no. No. When they show you who they are the first time, believe, believe them. them. So that's that's how we look at everything, you know? And, and I also think it's really interesting to think about how to solve the problem of getting people out of their ruts mm-hmm. of, you know, and, and I don't know how to do that without just speaking our truth and hoping that if somebody's in a bad place, maybe there's something we say or another book they read that we recommend or another friend recommends that they can look at themselves and go, I need to stop being so angry. I need to work on myself. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to blame somebody else for your problems. Even if someone stole money from you, even if someone punched you in the face, yes, they did it. But you can't dwell and you can't play victim and you can't blame. You can't blame that because of where you live, that's why you can't get this job. You can't blame because of this or that. You have the day, just like everyone else. What can I do today to become better to succeed in this path? And my biggest question is the people who not only leave negative comments through YouTube or Instagram or Facebook or in general, the, the pain and discomfort that this person must be going through and anger is what needs to be addressed. Because what's also interesting to me is that somebody will watch a Instagram thing or a Facebook or anything, there's lots of negativity. It is free. So you gotta think about the mindset that somebody is on the internet with a billion people and all of it's free. And someone watches a free video or sees a free picture and wants to spend time, especially on a photo. Mm-hmm. You look at a photo in two seconds and then spend five minutes of your time to write a negative comment on a photo. It's free. If you were paying for a steak at a restaurant and it came out with hair in it, that's the reason to complain and go, hey, yeah. there's hair in my steak. I'd like a refund. Yeah. You're paying. Our shipping company, they have a couple weeks to fix this, and then I'm going to start getting pissed about it. But we paid over $6,000. You have a right to complain. Yes. If I'm watching a free YouTube video or a free Instagram post, why would I ever write something negative when it's free and I chose to watch it? It's interesting. So it just really shines. So I'm hoping for anyone who creates content, who has people in their lives, this is going to help you tremendously. It is not you. People don't know Freddie and Alyssa as deep as we know each other of what we share and what people have gathered so far. But these are strangers that are coming along who don't know you, people who post negative things, people who say different things. They're in a hurt place. Because Alyssa and I are not in a hurt place. We're in a very positive, good place of working on ourselves and continuing to to create progress in our lives. There would never be a time that we would write a negative comment on anyone's thing. Even if we had a terrible Caesar salad, I'm not going to go and write a bad review about it because I'm over it. I either try to get it off my bill and I leave and I'm done with it. move on. I remember when I had... I worked for uh, the travel agent, there would be times, because she was really vocal about things she didn't like, and if she had a bad experience at a restaurant, she's like, Alyssa, I need you to go on and give a bad review on Yelp. And I was like, what? <laughs> I, would, I would 
try and be nice about it, but she would read it and go, put this in there instead. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this hurts my soul, but that's just not in our 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 blood to want to go complain, you know? Because I've never had service so bad that I felt the need to complain. Yeah. Like if your steak or burger's a little cold, you're going to destroy an entire business because they had 28 cheeseburgers come out in 15 minutes and one happened to be cold. Like you just get a new burger and you just suck it up. But there are times if someone was like really crappy to you, then yeah, you complain. But like even on our road trip, there was one stop and there was a meal one night that we had ordered and yours was there. Mine wasn't. They called me again and I said, hey, can we reorder this? They're like, oh yeah, sure. An hour passed. I heard nothing. I called back. I said, hey, you know what's going on? They're like, oh, the chef left. And so it was this whole thing. And like, I didn't end up eating dinner that night, but I was like, you know, like it is what it is. They took it off the bill. They did, which was great. That's awesome. But you didn't get to eat. (laughs) No, which sucked. And that, I mean, that was an extreme thing that, that shouldn't have happened, you know, but I'm still like, look, it is what it is. There's two different topics though. And that's, that's the fun part. Business that you're paying for, there's more room to complain because mm-hmm. you also can get things off the bill. If, at least if mm-hmm. someone's going to inconvenience your time, that's the toughest thing with like a bank that pisses me off about banks. If you don't like your bank, there's nothing they can do for you. Yeah. If you go to Target or you go to a hotel, they can give you a free room uh-huh. or they can give you a free meal. You know what the bank can do? Nothing. <laughs> that's true oh we'll, we'll give you we'll maybe we'll waive two months of your service fee or something there's certain places that there's nothing you can do but my whole point to this wasn't about businesses it's about there's zero with content there's no there's no business you're getting it's, it's, it for it's free it's free so that's the interesting part so my question I always know that this is going to be a thing but um, if you if you look at it and have empathy for the other person, it really really helps, and you just realize that, you know what? I really I really hope they figure their stuff out because. Yeah, and yeah. on that same note about the free content, um, energy, like I always say, when things are happening, it just it all comes at once. And on the same day that I got that weird comment about the positivity, I opened up TikTok, and on the video that. I did for my birthday where you surprised me with everything. Some person goes, why did you have to record this? Shake my damn head. And I was like, why you gotta be so mean? First of all, I'm on, on TikTok, but I, I ended up writing back and I usually don't, but I mean, it wasn't that bad. But I just go, why not? I go, my fiance put a lot of love and heart into this. Why not spread the positivity? And one day I get to share this special memory with our children. Like, can you imagine one day when I can show them and go, look, look what daddy did for mommy. Like that kind of stuff. Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. I mean, think of it in, in that way is beautiful. The way that I thought about it as well as you what you a viral said video. is that we created a viral <laughs> video. It has almost a million views. How many of those people were discovered us now because of this dope video? That's true. And um, then went and followed us on Instagram and YouTube and then became a fan of the show and you know, I think that's the biggest misconception of content is mm-hmm. that I, I think I think a lot of people are still um, unaware. Is that the right word? Yeah, they're unaware of the business of Instagram and YouTube. Mm-hmm. Of the people who are creating highly produced content, it's a business. Your friends posting their kids on Facebook is what it was intended for. And yeah. then the business people came in and created the business about it. But anybody who's posting professional photos, videos, putting in all that time is creating a business yes. to cast a net to 
to, to show people, hey, here's it's basically like we're doing our own reality show. Like, mm-hmm. here's the Freddie and Alyssa show. Like, come check it out. Yeah. And, that, and that's what yeah. it is. And you also get to look back. Because now that I was looking back doing that clip channel, yeah. I'm looking back at a lot of our episodes. And it's so cool that our deep conversations are all on the internet for us to always look Ever. back and go. Because when we're 47 years old and we can look back when we were 29 yeah. talking oh about gosh. something, we're like, what? I even do that now with the Time Hop app. It's mostly photos, but I show you all the time and I'll be like, look at us eight years ago. Yeah. And then I'll see stuff like I tweeted or whatever it was. And, and it's just such a, a cool thing to look back. And you know me, I'm so sentimental. I just, I love having memories. And now that everything's digital and virtual, that's, that's basically all you want. You just want to keep all of your memories collected in one area and you can look back at it. Yeah. Even in five years when we look at that birthday video, I'm gonna be like, oh. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the way to look at it, but but there but that's the whole thing. If if you're gonna put out highly produced content, the the reason people can do that is because there's money attached. Mm-hmm. If we weren't able to monetize and create an income, we couldn't spend sixty hours a week making content. You'd right. have to have another job. Yep. You'd have to be looking for other things to do because. You can't just spend 60 hours as a hobby. Right. So, you know, we're eventually going to make a video probably in the new year sometime. Yeah. Um, just because there's even people in my in, in our family that we talk to or friends that will always ask, like, we're like, oh, yeah, we had a busy day at work. And they're like, doing what? We're like, well, making a, a YouTube video. And they're like, like they, it, it just to them, they're just like, like, you just put a camera. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, it's no a lot of there's a lot of behind the scenes. So we want to break that down so that if you have anyone in your family or yourself is interested, we can show you kind of the. I guess 10 sounds great, but I bet you, I think there's about 15 different ways that people make money being content mm-hmm. creators, but the top 10 will be really interesting, but there's just, it, it's a, it's a really fun business and it's no different than what days of our lives does or what A-list films do. Yeah. You just accept instead of having a crew of 50 people, it's two people, but you have an idea, you write it on the board and you put cameras and audio and lighting and you shoot it. And then instead of having to go through Lionsgate, or having to go through Warner Brothers, you just go through YouTube, YouTube and you put it out. <laughs> and then instead of you having to go to the movie theater or watching it on Netflix or renting it, you just go to YouTube and you watch it. And you're either entertained or inspired or you laugh or you like it or you don't like it, just like movies. You watch mm-hmm. a movie and you're like, that was a waste of time. And other movies, you're like, oh, that was great. Yep. How many, you know, there's actors that have good, and you know, like really good movies than okay movies. And yeah. so there's no different. None. And that's that's where it is. So it's like for a, for an A-list film, they're going to charge twenty dollars a ticket, and that's where a bulk of their money comes. If somebody's yeah. putting something out on like a Days of Our Lives, there's commercials. The commercials pay for the salaries of the actors because you're not going to have the actors come in for free. Yeah. So you either charge people ten, twenty, thirty dollars a month, or what's Netflix charge? Fifteen a month. I think so. So yeah, Days of Our Lives could create a Days of Our Lives that charge fifteen dollars a month, have no commercials and have a million people pay $15 a month, and then they use that $15 million to have profit, yep. and then to pay everybody, the cameras, the lighting, and everything to produce the show. Yep. But if you want it for free, then there's commercials. <laughs> and what's crazy is we actually pay for cable, and there's commercials. Hmm. With YouTube, you're not paying for YouTube. There's commercials, there's ads, but you're not paying. Or if you are paying, like in our membership, then there's no commercials, but you're paying for the extra well, it's thing. It's so funny because on your YouTube account, you pay so you don't have to watch commercials, but I don't. 
So you always see the ads, and you but always I don't. laugh yeah. when you I hear them go off. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's twelve bucks a month. Yeah. It's like if I'm on YouTube that much, then I do it because I'm like I don't want to watch the it. ads. Yeah. But then if someone just kind of pops on and watches a few things, they're like whatever, and it supports the channels that you watch. When people watch ads, or even if they skip them, you still get paid because the advertiser showed you a brand. You're like, oh, right. I didn't think about Pepsi today, right. but now I'm watching Friday Listen. I'm like, I'm going to go get some Pepsi. So Pepsi made a sale because Pepsi showed their ad before our, our content. So then for someone who pays for YouTube like you, um, ad-free, if there is a video that runs ads, does that just like cancel it out for yes. the creator? Okay, interesting. But then you, but then in our back office too, everybody who's a, who, who, um, is a premium member of YouTube or whatever, they still do a, a share. So you still get some kickback hmm. too. Oh, from the... So it'll show like ad revenue, YouTube premium revenue, and then it'll show our membership revenue, wow. merch revenue. So it has That's everything like like down there. And um, so it breaks it all down, but it's fascinating. But it's, it's essentially we're doing exactly what um, what these big shows are doing just at a smaller scale. But what's interesting is when we start getting to a place where every episode we do gets 100,000 views, 200,000 views, Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes actually super interesting because you'll be generating so much income from just two people creating the content compared to shows that have Mm -hmm. a thousand employees and all these intricate workings. And then there's just a couple kids with a video camera Who's you know like the Logan Pauls and the David Dobricks, millions of they're doing more views than than the, a show that's highly produced for tens of millions of dollars. They're doing more in a six minute video, and advertisers are even happier because people who are watching it. So it's just well, it's all do shifting. You, do you know Charlie D'Amelio just hit one hundred million followers? On yeah, <laughs> yeah. The only creator to do that. I mean that that is insane. So she is now, if you took all social platforms, the only people that have more followers than her are like Taylor Swift, maybe Bieber, Selena Gomez, Kim Card- Kardashian, yeah. not, not all the Kardashians, I think just Kim and The Rock, and then a 16-year-old girl. Who, Who's just dancing in her living room. And now is big. She's a great dancer, though. Let's not get it twisted. She well, dedicated her life to it. And here's what also is super interesting about these these young kids, and God bless them. Um, they are now, because they have so much money, mm-hmm. like overnight, so much money, and someone's coaching them in the right way, they're investing into startups, hmm. which is so smart. Because if you're making, if you have 100 million TikTok followers, I guarantee you she's bringing in two to $5 million a year. So if she were to make angel investments of 25 grand and bet on a few companies, she's got the money. But how Gary Vee became so rich is he bet twenty five grand on Twitter. He bet twenty five grand on I think Pinterest. He bet twenty five grand on Facebook. He didn't do Uber though. Remember? He missed Uber, but he but that made him tens of millions of dollars because he bet at an early stage. So these kids are now betting. So they are on these companies from what I've yeah from what I've heard, really? and so they're they're huh. they're moving into products, and that's what eventually we're gonna have to do. Because personal branding is going to become so mainstream that the product is going to be the next thing. Like Ryan Reynolds has a gin. Yeah. George Clooney has Casamigos tequila. The Rock has Terramana. G Easy has Stillhouse. Yep. You've got um, Gwyneth Paltrow, Goop. 
Um, what other celebrities have started businesses? Jessica Alba. Jessica Alba. She Jessica Simpson. Oh my gosh, the queen of it. Rihanna. Yeah. Rihanna, I think, makes more money on her brand of her, is it perfume or makeup or something, mm-hmm. than she does on her music, and she's one of the highest selling musicians ever. But that's why Jessica Simpson never has gone back thus far to music. The Olsen twins. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jessica, yeah, you have to, well, then you can do it as a passion. Yeah. But if you have Kim Kardashian numbers, Charlie D'Amelio numbers, even if you have a million and you know what you're doing, yeah. there's just a numbers game that if you have so much attention, the average Joe in Austin, Texas, like how Tito's came along, Tito's Vodka, Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, they, they crushed it. But the average Joe is now having to work and build a brand to compete because all these celebrities, why, why wouldn't you? If you have 100 million people as The Rock, you know how much tequila he's probably selling? Well, and you know what else is really interesting with these social media stars is that their fans and followers are watching every day their videos, so they feel like they really know them as opposed to a big celebrity who you see their movie, you see their music. So with the social media stars, these consumers feel like they know them and they have their trust, so they're going to yep. be more likely to purchase from them, which, whew. Well, and that brings you to the next point is that's why some people – suck at it and some people are great at it Hmm. there are some people who are trying to do a cash grab and other people are looking at brand awareness how we are yeah Yeah, we have our mugs yeah we have a few things but we're not we don't we've said this before we're looking long-term brand so that if we come out with a coffee or a wine or a whatever when we're 42 years old that's 10 years of trust and these and and anyone who's listening is going to go you know what i've watched them for 10 years if they say this coffee is the best and they put their blood and sweat and tears in it i'm going to try it yep you know more about Alyssa and i than you do tom cruise Mm -hmm. and tom cruise has been an a-list star for 40 years because you don't ever see him unplugged and raw in a way so when when gary v was talking even about his shoe release he had more people show up for his shoe release than Kanye West did yep. because Kanye West yes he has the numbers uh-huh. but Gary has the I see you every day I want to be a part of this and people like that's why crowdfunding so big people like being a part of someone's success I just bought um from one of the sponsors on Tim Dillon's show Magic Spoon yeah I've been wanting to try it but I know that if I buy one of the things he's sharing on his podcast it helps him grow him. and I appreciate his content Yep. So I was like, I'm getting five keto cereals sent here, and Tim Dillon just got a sale on his. And granted, he's mega famous and mega successful. <laughs> lots of money. But I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate him being great. And so that's what's really, that's what's awesome. But I just love this new world because I think that's with everything moving, because I think a lot of these young kids want to be on social. They want to do TikTok. <laughs> they're, they're not looking at, like when I looked up to, I want to be Tom Cruise or, or uh, some of these action films when I was growing up. They're looking up to Charlie D'Amelio. They're looking up to Logan Paul because they're going, oh, I can already do it. Yeah. I don't need an agent or manager to give <laughs> me a shot. I can take a camera. I can point it at me and I can be a YouTuber. Now, the market's going to decide if right. you're going to be a YouTuber because the audience will show if they want to watch you. And there's no quantum leap. You have to be consistent and continue yes. to create amazing content that's what i always have to tell myself is that we have a little bit of like micro micro fame 
but I always look at someone like a Jennifer Aniston, like we've been building for five years on Instagram and YouTube and yeah. all that stuff and just grinding and building and building and building and building. Jen Aniston puts one photo out and gets 17 million followers or Billie Eilish oh already 8 million on TikTok and has one video. Yeah. But their brand, of course, Jennifer Aniston, she's world renowned famous. So of course that all happens. All the work she's done though. But we, as the average person needs to realize that you have to build brick by brick by brick. At least we had a few bricks already laid. Yeah. But it's building, 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 building. But that building, 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 building is what makes us interesting at the end. Yes. What can Jennifer Aniston start right now if she, unless she was raw and stripped down, what she's bringing in her is her celebrity. Mm-hmm. With us building brick by brick, it's like everyone's coming on this next journey because she's kind of at the top. I mean, what else could Jen yeah. really do? Run for president, um, build a, a company of right. the new water that everyone drinks or something, and that would be interesting. But she's still, she's Jen Aniston, the actress, the world famous actress. And it's interesting that we're building and sharing our content on our journey. So when we yeah. hit, when we sell unplugged, when we do our next big thing, this is all documented, our whole journey. And I think it's really cool. Yeah, and having a platform to do that is the coolest thing because it's kind of crazy. So, you know, Dancing with the Stars, Uh they just had a new winner and she was on The Bachelor. So what we've been seeing on The Bachelor is a lot of these contestants will go on and they get, you know, some, some fame and then they get a ton of followers, which then is kind of like the prerequisite to get on The Bachelor. Yeah. So now she has all of these opportunities, she can write a book. If she's a singer, she can make it, she can do whatever she wants because she's now gone from not just The Bachelor, um, but she's the winner. Caitlin, what's her name? Bristow. I don't even know who that is. I never even watched that, but now I'm saying her name because she won Dancing with the Stars. Yep. You know, so you have that kind of stuff, which is insane. And do you know who came in second? And I guess a lot of people were really pissed he didn't win. Who is it? Um, Nev Shulman. Who did Catfish. No way. Yeah. So, you know, here's this really big show that has all these cool, eclectic, different people, you know, but there here was one girl, I, I think Hannah Brown, I think she won last time too. So like all Hannah these- Hannah Brown? Isn't that her name? Wait, like, Hannah the Bachelorette? Yeah. Won the Dancing with the Stars? Yeah. Let me see. See, that's that's what's so fascinating. What a, what a world. She won two seasons in a row? Oh, wait, no, no, no. Dancing with the Stars fans can't believe Bachelorette's won two seasons in a row. So she won last season. Oh, and, and now, new, yeah. But it, isn't that crazy? All for some crazy reality show. I'll never, well, they're not crazy anymore. <laughs> That's the, we, 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 we talked, we said this exact same thing when we had Molly Burnett on about a year and a half ago. We talked about The Bachelor mm-hmm. and we were talking about how that is why it's even more drama on The Bachelor the show because people used to go there for love or maybe to show off to their friends that they're on a local reality TV show. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get on and make it into even the top 20 and you're in it, you are done with uh, an ordinary job. Yep. You are instantly, this girl can now easily write a book. She'll sell a million copies, New York Times, go on shows, build her Instagram, get $5,000 per post. Yep. And it's just... It's just insane to see the landscape that it's wide open for people. And I just find it fascinating 
to me, it just blows my mind. Yeah. So good for them. But it's, it's the, the reason I like talking about it is that we, we are in it. Mm-hmm. So we see it coming. Yeah. And it's just nice to be able to know like, oh, let's see if we're going to be right. But it's coming to fruition because you can just see that's where all the advertising's going. It's all moving online. All of it. Well, have you even, oh my gosh, have you seen any of the Grammy noms? I have to pull this up. Have you? Uh-uh. Okay, so there are a lot of songs that got famous from TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Which, and this is what's interesting. I just want to read you a few of them to see what you, you think. So, okay, Record of the Year. This is um, the award to the artists and to the producers, recording engineers who make the actual track. It's not songwriting, but the actual record, so how it sounds. You have two really great prestigious songs and people, Beyonce, Black Parade, and Black Pumas Colors, great song. But then you have Doja Cat, Say So, DaBaby, Rockstar, Billie Eilish, Everything I Wanted, She's Great, Dua Lipa, Don't Start Now, Savage. (laughs) Savage. No, I'm a savage. Oh. TikTok, crazy song. And um, Circles by Post Malone. So it's just really interesting to see how that evolves because I bet you those songs got nominated. A, they're great songs, but I bet the numbers for all of the TikTok-type songs is what got them on here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the past, I don't think... I don't know. It's just showing that the mainstream is going away. And I really feel bad for anybody who's gonna who didn't adjust and who's gonna take one on the chin. But I'm really happy that the gatekeepers are going away. Yeah, and you're I'm feeling really happy that. You're it. Let that. the audience decide. And the reason we talk about this so much is that this has been our life for 15 years. Mm-hmm. There has been a wall and a gate. Yep. And there's been people behind it that tell you yes or no. And the person who has the lock on the gate could tell you no because I remind them of their ex-boyfriend. Like, what? Like, who are you to be in a position to tell me if I'm talented or not? It's crazy. Like, let me create, and I'll put it out, and we'll let the audience decide. Same thing with TikTok. That is mm-hmm. what's happening. We don't need the labels to to pin people. Like, even the whole stories with the with NSYNC or Lou Pearlman oh, back in the day gosh. and stealing money. It's yeah. like, we're done. done. Our, us creators, we're done. Yep. If you want to be in management and you want to be in representation... And I still hear stories of, of them demonizing it. How many people do we say, no, no, don't start a blog? Are you insane? I have a friend who is an actress, and she was told by her manager like two years ago, oh, you don't want to start a blog. She was really interested in it, and she was asking my opinion. They're like, you shouldn't do that. Because the manager solely wanted her to book work so that he could get a cut. She goes on and becomes a huge blogger and uses her name. Doesn't need him anymore. Nope. So they're, they're, instead of hopping on that train, they're trying to suck and pull yeah. and keep people there. Yeah. And that happens all the time even before social of managers. Like uh, my first manager never wanted us actors to all hang out together. Because when you start to get together, you start realizing that this guy is an ass. And we all get, you start staring, sharing stories and you start hearing it. And it's like, well, why didn't I go for this role? And, why, and their, their authority is being threatened. But it's like we're the ones that are doing the work. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like even with my agent right now, If you, as my agent, get me a role, audition, that Mm -hmm. Freddie Smith and Alyssa Tabbitt did not get ourselves, and I put it on tape and I book it, here's your 10% finding fee that you receive, and you deserve it because you negotiated the contract for me, and you got me an opportunity. 
If I get myself an opportunity, you're not getting a piece of anything. Yep. When we sell unplugged, <laughs> there's no cuts to give. No, because we did all the work. We did the work. If we had an agent who was a writing agent and sold it for us, then you give, you do it. But if we can do this stuff on ourselves, why are we going to give away 10%? My first four years on Days of Our Lives, I gave away 10%. Or my first two years, I gave 10% to my manager. And then the first four years, I gave 10% uh, to my agent. That was probably, I mean, I actually have to do this math real quick. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. 70. I would say around $75,000. Oh my God, that hurts. $75,000 was given in commission because they got me one audition and then I went and filmed 400 episodes that they continue to get paid on, but that's just how it goes. But I even fired my manager and agent two years in because they weren't getting me any other work. I was like, so you're just collecting this check because of one audition? So once I was able to renegotiate when I was let go, the, when I quit the first time, and then the contract expired. So when I started back up the past four years has all been directly through me. Yep. So I saved 20%. That's an insane amount of money, especially now that I'm, you know, in my sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth year, I'm getting top tier pay. So the, the 20% is insane. Yep. So um, I'm not knocking, but it's like, I know there's a lot of people who make money off of being an agent or, or a manager and stuff, but it's like, I want a manager and agent to help me. You know, they always had this energy that I worked for them. Well, and you always hear in LA from actors, no one is ever happy with their agent or manager. They are always on the lookout for the next one. And the only problem with that is the fact that, say you book that show, in representation's mind, they're like, okay, he's booked that, he's working on that, I'm getting my cut, I don't have to worry about him for a while. Yeah. Instead of thinking, hey, what else can we get going here? Like I even had a friend who, let's say it was like 15 years ago, booked a huge movie, huge. And that could have been the big break for them to go on to do really big stuff. But their manager was like, you know what? We are going to be so picky. I think you need to take time off and we'll pick the right project when it comes. Totally get that. However... This person took way too much time off, was no longer hot, and lost that pivotal time to be like the next big thing. They continued to work all throughout the years, but like... They're nowhere near as famous as they should be. Exactly. And is still with that manager today. And, you know, that's it's, it's so sad when that happens. It was but poor... Uh, management. Yeah, but management. it's also beautiful when it works in the correct way. Mm -hmm. There are some people who've been with their manager for 30 years and they love them and they have a great relationship. It's true and too. so, you know, I just think, I just think on their end, they're just going through just tons of people and tons of emotions and all these actors that think they know something. Cause a lot of them don't. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, so they're, they're going through the whole mess of it. But my whole point to this whole thing is just, I, I was tired of being told no for 15 years when all that matters is what we like and what we put out and what the audience thinks of it the best so i am rooting for the bachelorette to win yeah. dancing with the stars i'm rooting for these young kids on tiktok to get multi-million dollar deals and they're not having to give a cut if people don't deserve it yeah there are too many artists and writers and painters and magicians and everyone who who has the talent but was bogged down because of gatekeepers yeah and it opens it up in a diverse way mm -hmm. there's all this complaints about 
when Hollywood was too white and all of that, or there's not enough women, there's not enough men or whatever it is, you don't need Hollywood anymore. Mm -mm. It doesn't matter what your background is. There's no gatekeepers on the internet. That's right. It's incredible. People, female comics aren't getting enough um, clout or attention or they're like, oh, it's, it's a male-run business. Female comedians can start on Instagram and on YouTube and tell jokes and build a huge podcast and go book shows. We watched Tim Dillon do it yeah. with no help. Yeah. He had a mic and every Saturday he talked into it and he makes skits. And now he has so many fans listening to his podcast when he goes, hey, everyone, so I'm going to be in Utah. <laughs> really? Burn it down. I'm going to be in Utah. And then he books it out in 24 hours because he has so many fans. Yeah. He created his own success. Yeah. Joe Rogan was upset that L.A. and and uh, Governor Newsom and, the, and Mayor Garcetti shut down all Los Angeles. They could no longer do comedy. He goes, I'm leaving L.A. He's building his own comedy store in Austin where people can say and do whatever they want. He's building his own comedy club. Yep. So, so, I mean, people are like, you can literally build a brand online and then take it to the streets. You and I could go, especially when we get bigger, we, we can go book out venues, hire people and do our own events. Uh -huh. You don't need booking agents. Mm -mm. We just go, oh, we want to go to Minnesota. What's a hot spot here? Let's go to this city or let's go to Cleveland, Ohio. We mm -hmm. find a venue, 600 seats. Great. You hire four people to help us out, someone to take tickets, someone to walk people down, someone to run the cameras and the audio. You sell tickets. Yep. And then you keep the profit yep. of what you're doing and you give people a show and you give it to them at a discounted price. Yep. If you had to give everyone a cut, then the, the ticket price goes up. Now we can give a reasonable ticket price and you go do an event. <laughs> Thank God for social. So that's that's Thank my rant with that. God for social. Did you know, um, speaking of social... The name Freddy was trending on Twitter today. It should be every week, yeah. Oh, gosh. No. Well, there's a big reason because today is the day that Freddie Mercury passed away 45 years. How long ago? 29 years ago. From oh, yeah. somebody to love. Yeah. Um, but what's crazy, remember last time when we were talking about Tom from MySpace? Mm -hmm. So there's this account. They're called UberFacts, and that's how I found out about that. And I found the coolest little fact, if you will, about Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury and Paul McCartney used the same piano to record Bohemian Rhapsody and Hey Jude. Isn't that crazy? Like two huge songs, they had the same Ooh, piano. That piano is pumping it out. Pumping. Oh, and I could be wrong, but I feel like I heard George Michaels purchase that piano. But I could be wrong. But I think I read that. Probably. Right? Yeah. I mean, what an uh, iconic piano. That's so cool. Do you remember when we did our audio book, there was, um, I think, the Jackson 5 sang on the same mic, or he had oh, showed Oh, yeah, they showed us, us yeah. I'm like, that's just history. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, also, too, the last trending news of the day. Um, did you see that they were talking about stimulus checks are probably going to come by Christmas? They're, they were hopeful. I think I heard a little bit about it, though, that it's probably not going to happen. No. It was more of a, like there were hope. I mean, everyone's been hoping because they stopped. When did they stop? Um, there was 600 a week coming in for people up until July, additional on top of unemployment. Oh, yeah. So August, September, October, now November and December, it probably won't happen. That's five months that there hasn't been huh. additional uh, money. 
But I, I think that's the biggest the biggest issue is is people are upset with California shutting everything down in other states, and I know that you have to do it for the safety. But they're shutting down people's businesses and telling people they can't go to work. But then you you can't give a career person who has bills and a family the state unemployment. Right. California, I think, is four fifty a week, so huh. that's eighteen hundred a month. So if you if you're a hairdresser. You're making more than eighteen hundred a month. Yeah. You're probably making four, five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand in LA. Maybe so think if about you, renting that booth out. If you the have a booth family. itself is eighteen hundred. Oh, so I don't know what these what what the people are doing, but they could never agree on how much to spend on the second stimulus package. So then what's going to happen? Are they ever going to do UBI? You think? I mean, they're kind of doing it because so many people have been on unemployment. Like they're extending it. You know, so people what are, unemployment. Well, the unemployment keeps being extended so people can have money. Got it. But um, but this is a crisis. Yeah. In a crisis, it would be nice to help people out because I know anyone who works in like parking lots or venues or hotels, like there's a, there's probably, I wonder how many people are still unemployed right now if you want to check that out. But if I had to guess, I would say there's probably, you know, 15 million, 12, 15 million people still unemployed. From October 12th, 2020, 12.6 million. Huh. Pretty good guess. I actually yeah, never looked that up. So good at numbers. I don't know. I you just really pay know. attention to all of it. But well, uh, that's so sad, though. But yeah, I, I really because because I I think the, the whole conversation of UBI, um, I for those of you who don't know what UBI is, it's universal basic income, and there's kind of some pushback on it. And uh, I never under I never knew what UBI was until Andrew Yang mm -hmm. was running for president, and we first saw him back in February of 2019 or March or April, somewhere around there. Yeah. And his flagship proposal was universal basic income, and what he wanted to do was give every American, every American, one thousand dollars a month, whether you were, as long as you were 18 and older. Right. Um, even if you were making ten million a year, he wanted it to be uh, no stigma. Just if uh, uh, a right to be an American, you get a thousand dollars a month. And his whole argument for that, because it was championed back in the '60s by Martin Luther King, and mm -hmm. I don't know the extent of what that would have looked like to pay for the for the two hundred a month, five hundred, a thousand, whatever it was. But Andrew Yang is talking about the artificial intelligence and the machines coming for people's jobs. Right. So it, this isn't 1980 where to give everyone $1,000 a month, you just raise taxes and people are pissed off about giving free money. He's talking about how 4 million manufacturing jobs went away because mm -hmm. of machines, how the call center jobs are going to go away, how self-driving cars are going to come very soon, especially trucks, 3 million more jobs are going away. Amazon plus the pandemic is taking away all malls, stores, all of that. Wow. And with these tech companies like Amazon taking everything, and then you have, um, and, and it's it's sad because they're crushing the little businesses, but it's also just the way of the world. Like mm -hmm. people are going to support small businesses, but if you can order something online, it's just convenient. And it's what's happening. So things are changing. But if McDonald's gets rid of all their workers in all of their locations and replaces the burger flippers with machines, after that initial investment and upkeep, it's going to be extremely cheap to fire all these people and just use machines. So he's saying that if these companies and tech companies are going to continue to grow to trillions of dollars a year, 
that they should be paying a little sliver so that we can all win in the innovation of technology. When drones deliver our pizzas, when we have all this stuff, imagine if we were rooting for innovation in America mm -hmm. because you're getting what he calls a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month to all Americans. Mm -hmm. So you can have a little something so you're not nervous about food or electricity or a roof over your head. And I think it's something that could happen. And I think the pandemic has opened people's eyes mm -hmm. up that my take on it is that it will happen. I don't know if it's in one year, five years, or 10 years, but the way the world is moving, I just think you universal basic income at some point is going to be a must mm -hmm. with how much we're growing. Yeah. And the other thing he called it was the data check because all of these huge tech companies are using our data, our search, and they're able to sell that to advertisers, not us personally, we're just a number. So they don't know it's Freddie and Alyssa, but we have a profile. And mm -hmm. I even know that Facebook has 1400 key indicators of what a person is. So Facebook has like a number, not Freddie Smith, but a number mm -hmm. that has where I went to high school, all my purchasing habits, 1400 data points. Oh my so they're able to sell my data, my search, my life, my locations, my everything to so the advertisers can run ads to best suit me, which makes sense. Now I look at it as, hey, Facebook's free and it's awesome. Instagram's free and it's awesome. YouTube's free and it's awesome. So you know what? Fine, sell my data. But Andrew Yang's saying, no, we should get a data check. So all of this together of jobs being taken away from automation and data being used, that's where the money would come from. It's not going to be raising the taxes. It's going to be accumulative from all the advancements that we're having. And he talks about how Alaska has had a dividend of 2000 a year from oil. Oh, yeah. And everyone gets $2,000 a year in Alaska from oil. What up, Alaska? So Alaska is like <laughs> leading the way. So, But some of the, the pushback that, that it's gotten is A, um, aren't people going to quit working and not go back to work? Um, isn't it socialism? And um, and I think that, and, and why is rich people getting it? Um, I think the first thing proved during this pandemic that people will go to work. The reason people didn't go to work is because with the $600 additional, people in California were getting $4,200 a month. People in other parts of the country were getting $3,800 a month. If you give someone $3,800 a month and they don't love their job, they're not going back. Hmm. That's enough money to live a great life in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. $1,000 a month is not you going to have people quit their long. job. Will yeah. some? Of course. But we've always used that example of if you have a mom and a dad or a dad and a dad and a mom and a mom and they're working and they're paying $800 a month in childcare because they're both working. Let's say the mom doesn't really even like her job that much, but they need the money. If the husband's receiving 1000 the wife's receiving 1000 that's 2000 for their household plus 800 that they're going to save from the childcare. Mm -hmm. So instead of their $3,400 a month take-home pay, they go down to 2800 but now they can stay home and, and be there for homework, be there and like really be there with the kids if that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. If people want to save up for school, there's so many things that you can do. And my, my favorite thing about it is I think of Ashtabula. I have such a great perspective because I came from a small town. Mm -hmm. And there's 20,000 people in this area. And if everyone got $1,000 a month, that's $20 million a month that's being pumped into Ashtabula, Ohio. Now, a lot of it's going to be spent on credit cards. A lot of it's going to be spent on Amazon. But a lot of it's going to be spent locally. They're going to get their tires rotated. They're going to get their nails done, their hair done, massages, 
well, when there's only three nail places, but everyone's got this extra money, now the nail place needs to hire more people. Hmm. Now they need to open up a new nail place. It's building the economy. I see it. I was like, this is a really good idea. I don't think people would quit their jobs for $1,000 a month. But the person who's making minimum wage, whether they raise it to 15 or not, is bringing home $1,800 a month. So imagine if they're making $1,800 a work month working at Walmart, if you give them an extra 1000 a month on top of that, now they're making $2,800 a month working hmm. at Walmart. And then the stigma is that everyone gets it. So someone's like, why are, why are rich people getting it? It's the same reason that happened with unemployment. There are people I know that are kind of gaming the system and it's because if you can only make so much with the unemployment or they kick you off so there was people who were like well i'm gonna work six days a week and make three thousand a month or mm -hmm. i can go down to three days a week and then unemployment will give me the rest and i'll make three thousand mm -hmm. a month same thing with welfare people are saying i'm making seventeen hundred dollars a month in welfare if i go get a job i'm gonna make twenty one hundred so essentially, I'm working 40 hours a week for only an extra $400 a month. Hmm. Now, morally for me, not judging people, I would not want to game the system like that. But a lot of people do. But there's a stigma around collecting disability, or not even a stigma, but just you, it, it goes away. If you're no longer disabled, that goes away. If you're no longer on welfare, it goes away. Imagine you get $1,000 no matter what. There's no checks and balances. Think of all the jobs of people and the cost to operate the welfare systems and all of this. If you were able to just give everybody $1,000 a month, hmm. and if you make a lot of money or less money or no money or a ton of money, no matter what, there's no stigma. Yeah. You're not on welfare. You're just, oh, everyone's got the freedom dividend. Hmm. So you can opt in. So someone might say, well, I'm going to get off of welfare and lose $1,500 a month, but I get my $1,000 freedom dividend, but then I'm going to go get a job, and now I'm making $2,800 a month instead of 1500 and it's I'm earning it all and I have my freedom dividend because I'm an American. So for something like welfare, is that the same amount that each individual who's on it receives or does that differ based off of household, how many? I think it differs definitely off of kids. Okay. I don't know how it differs um, other than that. I'm not really sure. But, um, but that's a good way that we would save money. I think there's like $800 billion of our $4 trillion budget that America has that goes towards government programs. Hmm. So if everyone eventually was able to wean off of the government programs and people could make that $1,000 a month work, that's $800 billion already that's going to be hmm. saved. And then think about how many people who have to rob and have to steal and go to jail or sell drugs because they need money. Yeah. Maybe they wouldn't do that with $1,000 a month. How many people go to prison, get out, can't get a job because they're a felon, can't, they have to go back to criminal activity because they need money, but they, what if they got their $1,000 a month? Dude, that's a real serious issue too of, because I, I love just researching and learning about that. And when they come back out into the real world, it's real difficult. Oh, it's, it's, it's so difficult. To just even get your life together. So that would even So $1,000 a month would be great. And how about the homeless crisis, hmm. especially in California? There's, there's, a, there's a little incentive to help the homeless because it's hard to help people who aren't homeless. I know. But at least if you have a freedom dividend and you get them an address. Imagine the people who, who need the help because of drugs and mental illness. We can figure out how to help them. But yeah. there's still a swath of people that aren't mentally ill and and aren't on a on drug they fell the hard times if you can help at least those people 
and help everyone, but at least those people yeah. get into an address. Yeah. They then get their freedom dividend. So you're like, oh, they're in an apartment for 600 a month. Their freedom dividend is going to cover that, their bills, their food. And it, it, it incentivizes people to help the homeless more too because they have a freedom dividend. Yeah. So your streets are cleaner. Less yeah. people crime, less people in prison. You start saving money. More money's being spent. That article that I read too about um, the stimulus check, think about what, what people would spend for Christmas with a stimulus check. People hmm. spend the money. And it's, yeah. it's the ripple effect. And I think that's the thing because there was a, like back in the day, I remember Amazon wanted to go to New York maybe. I think it was New York. There was yes. this huge tax yes. incentive, it was tax breaks of like $3 billion and Amazon wanted to move and open up a big headquarters or something there. Mm-hmm. It was going to bring 20,000 jobs to New York and they said no. And everyone was cheering that we're not giving Amazon $3 billion. They're rich. They're not taking $3 billion. They weren't taking $3 billion. They were going to give 20,000 New Yorkers a job that those 20,000 people would be paying taxes. Those 20,000 people, when they're at their job, are going to have to pay for parking, are going to have to eat at restaurants, are going to stop and get... You're, you're booming the business. You're going to make more than the $3 billion. States give incentives and tax incentives to help grow the economy. Yeah. That is what UBI, I, see, I feel, is doing. Yes, you're investing, but I think in return, you're going to make way more. People are going to be less uneasy of like finances. And there's people like artists. Instead of an artist having to go and drive for Postmates... Maybe they can live with some roommates and off their $1,000 and maybe just drive Postmates a few times and work on their art yeah. or volunteer or be a stay-at-home mom or be a full-time volunteer. Yeah. There's just so many amazing things with UBI, and I think the pandemic has showed that this, people's jobs aren't coming back, a lot of them. Automation's already going to come and take all these jobs. So what are people going to do? So I think this really proved that it's going to happen, and it's not a left or a right thing. Andrew Yang was running democratically. I think it'll get, it won't be a left or right yeah. thing eventually. Yeah. I think it's going to be a necessity. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel it's going to happen sooner than later because there's still 12.6 million people unemployed. And, and then the last point I want to make on this is the rich people. And that was the point I kept mentioning, the stigma, is that you, you want every American to get it as a right. We all have access to the police. We all have access to the firefighters, no matter how much money you make. Mm-hmm. If the freedom dividend went to all the millionaires and everybody, maybe there's a way they could they could check a box where they don't receive it and it just goes back into the program or they can you know give it to charity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my quick take on that is I just wish that every millionaire or anyone who wants to donate, if we actually had causes, because if you had a freedom dividend and... You could, I think there's 20 millionaires in the United States or 20, uh, 20 million millionaires are in the United States. So imagine even if those 20 million said, I don't need my thousand dollars. I'm going to donate it to this cause. That's two, that's $20 billion every month that the millionaires, if they just let their freedom dividend go. So imagine we had causes of like, what can we do with 20 billion this time? Well, this time, Hey everyone, if you want to, if you want to donate your, you're a thousand dollars and check the box off that you don't want it this month. We're gonna we're gonna raise twenty billion dollars from the freedom dividend and we're gonna go ahead and rebuild these two cities. Yep. And oh we're gonna do something for the environment. We're gonna go take that twenty billion dollars and hire people to go help clean the oceans. Like there's just so many more innovative ways, but I don't think that'll ever happen. I mean it might in you the never future. Know, but... but at least the UBI I think is gonna happen. How people use it and do all of that is gonna be 
different. Well, that's interesting too, because I remember years ago, a friend had told me the story about how they knew this bank teller in Beverly Hills and every single person who came through was a majority, everyone was negative. So even though they had the nice cars, the nice outfits, the nice houses, their overhead had gotten so high and they couldn't keep up. So even in a situation like this, that would probably help release the tension a bit to allow people to like get their lives back who have fallen back, not only because of the pandemic, but just, you know, sometimes you get so stuck in that world of, oh, bigger is better, more, 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 more. And then your overhead's so high and so is your income and you're left with nothing. I will say um, millions of people, unfortunately, if they did do it, this is probably another good argument against it. Mm -hmm. They're just going to go, oh, I got $1,000 a month. I'm getting rid of my my Honda Civic and getting myself a BMW. Uh. Oh, you know what? We used to go out to eat once. Now we're going out to eat twice a week. So will there be people who do that? But then you could argue that helps the economy. It does. You know, so... It, It all boils back down to financial education that... Literally, we the people can solve every problem in this country and eventually the world if we work together. Yeah. But we can't, unfortunately. You, you, the, the leadership, regardless of politics or whoever the leader, to, to lead different people with different backgrounds of different life experiences to believe in one thing to help the greater good, we put too much in their hands. Mm-hmm. Was it JFK that said, don't ask what, you, what the country could do for you, what you could do for your country? Was that JFK? Fact check that for you. Yeah. Don't ask what you don't ask what the government can do for you. Yeah. JFK? Yep. I think that that's something that we all need to get back to. As much as I'm talking about UBI and that is what the government can do for you in a way, but it's 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 we've got to stop looking to the government to solve our problems and we need to solve it at home. We need to solve it in our neighborhood. We need to solve it in our community. We need to solve it in our county, in, in our city, in our state. Ask not what your country can do, but same thing. Yeah. So I just think we need to be accountable. If there's people in our community that we can help, we need to help. Mm-hmm. I think we're putting way too much power in the higher powers of government saying, you know, do stuff for us. Like yeah. even if we were to get something like a UBI, it's like, that's awesome because we're prospering and that's where it would come from, but we still can't rely. We have to control what we can control. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just boils back to everything we were talking about today. It's just like, you know, we choose what what can we control yeah stop complaining stop looking at the negatives and stop looking for other people to help look in the mirror and go what can i do to be better today Mm -hmm. and just get a little bit better every single day and and it's an it's an it'll never end like i keep looking back every three months going what was i thinking what was i thinking because we keep growing continuous work in progress yeah everyone you know i gotta tell you i don't know um if it's this coffee mug but this water that I've had today was so delicious. Mine's probably nice and flat. <laughs> Did you even drink any of that? Garage? It was making me thirsty, so <laughs> I'm ready for some coffee, maybe a little lunchy. Well, we have to walk real quick, get our steps in because it's going to get dark in an hour. Well, hopefully I can walk because after oh, that yeah. run this maybe morning, maybe you can cook and I'll go walk. Oh. Uh, what do you say? But um, but anywho, <laughs> let, let's uh, let's wrap up. We um. I really like these mega podcasts. We just get to talk, talk, yeah. talk, and then cut these into different clips. And um, we get into really some fun, fun, interesting yeah. topics too. So let us know. Comment below if you've made it this far and you're hearing this. Um, comment below. Let us know like any topic you want yeah, us to talk about. Like to we can hear. research it, and if it's something we feel we can add value with, we'll bring it up. But be creative. What do you want us to talk about? We're open to hot topics or anything you want. 
Um, but we appreciate you so much and um, have a happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Stay safe and we will see you next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah.